Welcome to the Night Shift Football Podcast. Euro 2020 is finally underway and it's only a year late. Some say Turkey are still trying to find somewhere to park their bus while the slick Italians go about their business. Spain's era of tiki-taka is gone, baby, gone, apparently. And England did what England do, move it slow, whack some long balls and snag a goal eventually. Hungary gave us the thrill of a packed stadium before getting absolutely pantsed in the end and there was a bunch of other games too. Joining me on the other side of rainy Adelaide on a cold Wednesday night after five or six glasses of red is Tommy Fort. How are you doing, mate? Give us your your opening lines or thoughts of uh, wisdom. I'm just happy to be here, Sam. I think we're all happy to be here. Just happy to be here. Yeah. Happy that is Euros it, is, is on. It, I'm stoked that the Euros is on. This is great. We're literally watching a game while we record this right now. Could you want anything more than every single night football on during the odd hours that we keep? It's called Night Shift Football for a reason, and the Euros uh, just proves our point. Here we are, middle of the night, football. It's good, though, because it almost justifies me being awake at this hour. So people are like, why are you always so tired? Because like, I've got a job to do, okay? Yeah, it's <laughs> not just because I drink and like to play games online and stuff. It's just, uh, you know, no, nah, no, nah, I watch football. That's why. <laughs> I'd say I'm upset there's no Hong Kong tonight, but irrespective. Football, yeah. Sam. Yeah, European championships. Football. I'm really keen to get stuck into this because I was absolutely thrilled for the start of this tournament. I got up and watched the first game, set my alarm. Um, got up, watched Italy versus Turkey in Rome. Uh, an absolute butchering. Uh, Turkey, <laughs> some people picked them as like a dark horse. Mark Milligan must have been taking the piss when he tipped them to win. But Italy did what I expected. Big three to win. That? Yeah, he picked Italy to win. Mark Milligan. On what? On what was he on the Optus broadcast? I'm not sure. They no, as in like they shared a post came up one day of like all these different Australian pundits and people's <laughs> pick for who would win, and like most of them were like France, Belgium. You know, he pulled out Turkey. Same people. Same people. This guy pulled out Turkey, and they went and got absolutely battered three nil. Not only did they get battered three <laughs> nil, they they barely touched the ball. <laughs> their uh, their best player was obviously Burak Yilmaz, and oh, live update: Finland have just it won't be live by the time people hear it, but Finland have just scored <laughs> to go one up against Russia. Wow. That was a bullet! Go. Oh live my re- god! Live reactions. Wow, can we go straight we? into why Russia? Can we go straight into why Russia sucked this tournament? <laughs> uh, do you want to? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm enjoying okay. Italy. No, that, that was um, but yeah. Um, Burak Yilmaz, we talked about him a lot on the pod recently, given his form at uh, Lille this year, winning the league. Yes. 30, 36 years of age, I think he is, or 35. But he, um, he was their best player and he didn't really do anything, but he was even he was involved in uh, like clearing corners and free kicks all the time as well, as well as trying to sprint up the pitch and get on the end of the ball. But they had absolutely nothing. They were terrible. And Italy were slick. They were. No, they, they were exceptional, Italy. Um, I don't think that Turkey were, I mean, Turkey were bad, but they're not a bad side. There's a reason why people were tipping them to be a dark horse. Um, I just think Italy were that good. They nullified them in every possible way you can imagine. And I think, um, like you just said, that, that passage of play where he mass <laughs> is this for real? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, oh. Finland have had their gold chalked off. Wow. 
No, that goal, the finest of margins. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Goal chalked. There you go, people. You're getting some live reactions here. How good is that? Tune in. Tune in every week. Anyway, Burak, you're mad. Yeah, I, I heard some people on YouTube are doing live react videos and they're getting quite popular. So maybe that's... <laughs> maybe, that's <laughs> maybe that should be our market. <laughs> you, anyway, what... <laughs> Maybe this wasn't such a great idea to have this on in the background. No, nah, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> you know my attention deficit. Anyway, uh, having Yilmaz constantly pulled back to defence set pieces, crosses, stuff like that, it does disjoint them going forward. And Italy just played this game to an absolute T. They were brilliant. Yeah, they were. Um, Jorginho is getting a lot of uh, praise for controlling the game, pulling the strings. I'm not as convinced it was down to him because he, his role was made very easy by the way Turkey played. They just they literally had the bus parked from the start. They barely touched it. It was just yeah. a matter of when Italy were going to break through. And I was always confident that once they got the first one, they'd be able to push on because Turkey would have to come out and try and get something. And uh, they pushed on. I had uh, Lorenzo Insigne was excellent. This is his time to shine now. He's at his peak age. He's finally got a crack at a major tournament as because uh, obviously missing out on the World Cup last time around, the entire squad. Um, well, yeah, and some some unexpected ones. I guess a lot of people that don't watch Serie A won't know a lot of these players too well, but uh, Spinazzola played left back from Roma. He was excellent. Domenico Berardi was excellent. He set up the first goal, the own goal, um, played on the right wing. He was excellent. Immobile scored and... It's an absolute delight to see him get a goal because this guy, if anyone deserves, someone messaged me that morning and said, if anyone deserves an international goal at a, like, at a major tournament, it's that guy because his record for Italy has not been great, but they persist with him because they know how good he is for Lazio. And there you go. Got his goal. So good on him. And how good he was for Dortmund as well. He was such a goal snake. Yeah, he was you know okay. He, yeah. I thought... During the time he was a, he was one of those guys you brought off the bench and he would you could almost guarantee he would score your goal off the bench. Yeah, I'm not sure if you've confused him with Paco Alcacer, who was scoring okay, every week off the bench. I'm not sure. Yeah, Immobile, Immobile was signed as like a Lewandowski replacement, and he did get some goals, but it didn't quite work out the way he was nowhere near the player he is now at um, at Lazio. But yeah, at Lazio. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. No, that's good to see. I just yeah. and like we mentioned, we mentioned the fullback last week as well as one to watch. And uh, he was just phenomenal. He was everywhere. And it didn't leave. I mean, Yulmaz was totally dominated by the central pairing for Italy. Uh, just Chiellini, there was a few last, uh, last ditch challenges that he made on him. Yep. They were just brilliant. Yep. He totally had his measure. He knew exactly the kind of football he was, the areas he wanted to try and exploit against them. They were just, they were so, they were like, the really well-organized Italy team you would expect, but they were they had you know equal amounts of flair and they were yeah. happy to unleash and go well, forward uh, and just not contain themselves after scoring one goal. It was yeah. great. Like I know we're spending a bit of time on Italy here, but um, I, I think a, it's fair. I think it's a fair. A few people, a few people during the game as well, saying that like uh, you know one nil that'll do like Italy that'll you know that's what they do. They win one nil. This been trying to tell people this Italy team doesn't under Mancini. He does not want that. He wants them to go after the second goal, the third goal. They're now um, up to 28 matches unbeaten. I think nine in a row clean sheets. They haven't conceded. 
So, and they like they're not just winning these games one nil. People just assume they're going to win all these games with their defensive Italian style, but they're yeah, like you said, coming out with flair, and it's really good to watch. Because it's it bring, great, and I think it brings another kind of dimension to the tournament with another team that's willing to get forward and try and score goals, like all the other sides do. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think we've seen a lot. Well, we'll go through the but we saw a lot of the big nations. Uh, sort of just amble their way to single goal victories. And that's why we're spending so much time on Italy is because they were yep. one of the few big teams uh, that came out and actually asserted some dominance. So that's that's great. That was yep. a great start. Um, the other game in that group, I don't know if you caught any of it, but Wales drew with Switzerland. I caught a little bit of oh. this, but yeah, what have you got? I'll tell you what, I watched the entire game because it was the last leg of the multi that I was on. Yep. Um, and I had... Wales and Switzerland to draw. So I watched this thing to the very end with just <laughs> such great excitement. I was kicking every fucking ball, man. Yeah. But really trying to contain it between just that middle third of the pitch. <laughs> it was, uh, no, it was a decent game. It was a decent game. It wasn't the yeah, best. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see much it of it. Okay. From, I had it on um, at work, but obviously couldn't watch it. I just had the sound on. Um, and it sounded like Switzerland, you know, probably could have, buried a couple before Wales did score. And then after that, Wales maybe, I don't know, could they have gone on and got a winner or was the draw probably fair? At the, yeah, the draw was fair because I think at the point it got 1-1, the game became very uh, quite evenly matched. I think Switzerland, like you said, they had a few really good opportunities in the first half. And by the time uh, Mbolo scored, they probably should have been 2-0 up, definitely. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Wales were always in the game. They weren't... You know, they weren't outstanding by any means. And they're big players. If you're looking at Gareth Bale, Aaron Ramsey, I mean, these guys weren't, they didn't blow any doors down. That's for sure. Well, these were the concerns we had for them going into the tournament is this squad is really weak. And uh, even their good players, like Ramsey, not playing a lot of football at Juve. Gareth Bale, not played much football for a long time. Yeah, there's you know, a problem they're not with going, Bale. They're not going to come out at an international tournament and just be able to flick the switch. And get Wales over the line. Exactly. No, exactly. And I think it, it's really telling the players that were substituted. And it was Daniel James, Man United, Aaron Ramsey, Juventus. And it's like, these are your big guys. These are the guys you would expect to play 90 minutes in every game of the group stage because you need these guys. But yep. it just wasn't to be. So yep. they've got, they're probably not going to qualify, I would say. Uh, no, probably not. But um, the rest of those group, uh, the next group A games are on. Tonight, by the time people listen to this, uh, they would have played each other, those games. Um, so we move forward. If we're going in chronological order, um, it brings us to the... Oh, no. I've I just guess, seen it. Yeah. The, uh, the events of uh, Saturday night slash Sunday and, morning. Um, yeah, the Denmark game. Yeah, I guess I don't really know what to say about it because I don't really have any thoughts on the game because I didn't see it. I was just watching. I just happened to be watching when the incident with Christian Eriksen occurred. So um, unlucky. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't believe when you entered the chat, and, just thinking, what the hell is going on here? Well, I turned Jane it on and, and tears. <laughs> I, was, I was watching it during my break at work and uh, I was watching for about five minutes and then he went down and then I had to turn it off after another six or seven minutes because it was a bit... It was a bit tough to watch. Um, yeah, I don't really know what to add to it because I think there's probably better... There's football pods out there that have articulated it probably better than we could. 
Um, We probably don't need to say too much more. Obviously, like everyone, all our positive vibes and stuff are being sent to Christian. But, um, yeah, crazy scenes. Yeah. No, I wholeheartedly agree. Um, There are a lot of football podcasts out there. The Guardian Weekly really did a a great number on it. Um, I listened to this uh, Leeds podcast called The Match Ball. Yep. And they did a really, really just like a, a really human take on what happened. And it kind of made me feel, made me feel a lot better about the whole thing because um, the way that we were watching it, obviously it's like three in the morning. So I was at home alone yep. watching on TV. And f- for a period there, I thought, oh shit, like I've just watched a man die. Like that's pretty fucked up. Yeah. And this, the, the guys in the match ball, they um, pretty much articulated that perfectly and just what a surreal moment it was. Um yeah. And yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm so super stoked that he's okay. Yeah, yeah. It was the same on um, well, the other football pods as well, I guess. They were talking about basically just the reason it just hits so hard is because you're not in that, you know, if, if you're watching, if you see a video about something like that and you click on it knowing what's going to happen, what you're getting into, when you're sitting there watching an international football match, you're not in the headspace to deal with that sort of thing. And then I guess... Um, given that he's like a professional athlete at the peak of his fitness, um, something like that to happen, it's like, you know, it's really, you know, any one of us, cliche, cliche could happen to any one of us thing, but, you know, it's true. So, yeah. Yeah. How am I living my life? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Makes you think. But um, but then the flip yeah. side is he's a super athlete, professional footballer, and it happened to him. So, yeah, that's, that's what I mean. Maybe, so. Uh, Maybe we should just pound the drinks every night. What does it matter? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Life is fleeting, Sam. It is, absolutely. Um, <laughs> and so is this yeah. result for Denmark because yeah, so, I can't believe they came back out and played. Well, the other big story is, uh, well, I guess um, it's not up to us really to decide whether they should have gone ahead with the game or not. That's up to the Denmark players, I guess. And uh, if they felt they were up to doing that, that's fine with them. Um, they didn't get the result. I think... Uh, the other big story here really is that uh, this was Finland's first game at a major tournament. Oh, ever. was it really? I believe, I believe so, yeah. Oh, my God. Because they're looking like they're going to win this group. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. They, um, they got the result here. Obviously, whoever, whoever Denmark this... were a bit... Um, uh, yeah, obviously, Denmark were a bit... Uh, maybe their heads weren't in it, but um, big result for Finland. Um, obviously... Christian Eriksen is the big news, but uh, we should also mention kudos to Finland. Yeah, I didn't actually watch the rest of the game. No, neither. I turned it off and went to bed. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, but they, um, from what I can see in this game that they're playing now, they look really good. This number twenty that's up top. They're giving um, me. Uh, they're giving us those kind of Iceland vibes of exactly. just strutting about with a lot of energy and um, you know just trying to do the basics right. And get it done. Yeah, they're really confident yeah. and they're pressing in all the right areas. This looks like a really handy football team. Yeah. Um, remains to be seen where they finish in the group. Um, the next game that morning, uh, Belgium defeated Russia 3-0. I think a lot of people probably had that penciled in as a, a likely result. Lukaku at the double. At the double. Top at scorer double. coming. Yeah. I don't um, know how much you love at the double. Yeah. I am still skeptical about Belgium's defense, but if they attack with like the potency they do, they did here. I mean, we say that, but Russia didn't really look like scoring. They had some chance. A lot of their chances came from 
a long way out outside the box. Some crazy shots. Um, obviously, yeah, Lukaku just did his thing. Yeah, as he has been doing, as he pretty much always has done. His goal scoring record is really, you know, it's outstanding. Yeah. Considering how young he started out at a top division. Every year, he pretty much returns no matter what. So he, I think, I still think he's going to be the top scorer in this competition. I still think Belgium are going to win it, but you're right. Russia, they were not very good. They didn't do much. And no. you know why that is? No peptides. Yeah. 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 I, and I'm, I, I, I feel like I'm not going to get hit by the, by the fucking Russian secret military police. KGB. Yeah, the KGB. I'm not going to have any Novichok slipped into my, into my morning coffee, but um, they were obviously cheating at that tournament because this team sucks. Yeah, they are. <laughs> They are not good. They're playing at home too. They all their group games, I believe, are at home. I know. Really? I mean, I well, guess one, I guess it's a World Cup ready stadium, isn't the it? The one they're currently playing against Finland is, and that game against Belgium was also in Saint Petersburg, I believe. Um, yeah, but I think I know you want to talk a bit later about the hosting cities and the stadiums and that. We'll get to that um, in a bit. The other game, there wasn't too many of the other games. I really had a lot to talk about on, but um, one of them is definitely. The England Croatia game, obviously, because we are obviously in Australia. There's always a lot of focus around England and the Premier League and stuff like that. Um, what did you make of this mess? Uh, <laughs> this was uh, the Calvin Phillips show, and that ended up being pretty much all I focused on. Because yeah. the game itself, pretty drab. Well, I'll, I mean, uh, is is England the new Italy? Oh, uh, they could be. They really could be. I'll go ahead and back you up there on Calvin Phillips in case people think it's just your lead buyer shining through, but he is an absolute beast. He was excellent. Um, Weapon. There's been a lot made about the England selection. Um, people not happy with Trippier being in the side at left back. I don't know if it's they're not happy with Trippier being in the side or they're not happy with him being at left back. Yeah, I think it's the left back thing. Why would you not play Shaw or Chilwell? I don't know. I have no idea. That's really it, and it's yeah. so bizarre. And it's it's almost if I was sure and Chilwell in the change room, I would be. I'd feel like I've been slapped in the face by the manager. There is like, a there's speculation that his selection would have been to provide Mings with more support. But if that's the case, then it's more like why pick Mings? Why pick Mings? <laughs> why exactly. pick Mings then? If if he needs if you need to pick a left back to help him, that may not have been the reason. But who knows? But I thought we, we you you stumped me with this question a few months ago where you asked me, well, who partners Harry Maguire at the Euros? And then I sat tough. there for a second and I thought about it and I was like, no, you're right. There's actually no standout England second centre back. Stones, Mings, either way, there's no. Well, uh, I mean, obviously, this iffy. game had no Maguire. So they were. No screwed. Maguire, yeah, yeah. You're, you're picking from the, you know, <laughs> the, yeah. the, the drop kicks of the English centre backs. <laughs> I thought they should have picked Ben White. I think he's a, he's a young footballer I with think, no international experience. I get it, but he is a confident player. I think the issue they may have had with White was in the, the two lead-up games that he played and didn't look too great, was a bit out of form. Yeah. But I still I think there's there'll be some rotation in the side and White will probably play a game in this group stage for sure. Um, and I definitely think one of those left-backs will come in and Trippier will move to right-back because... Kyle Walker had an absolute mare. A stinker. A stinker, if you will. A stinker in a game that they completely dominated. 
Yeah. Like how, how, how do you perform that poorly? Yeah. Um, I don't know. This game nearly put me to sleep. It was pretty dull. Um, I don't know why Eng- England have obviously, this is one of their best kind of balanced teams they've had in a while, I guess, in the sense that they're not really, I mean, I say this, but they played Trippier at left back, but they're not shoehorning, you know, like they're not trying to shoehorn Gerard Skulls and Lampard into the same team kind of thing. You know, they're setting it up yeah. a certain way. Um, Harry Kane was very lazy, didn't move much. And then, but you just got the feeling like England kept moving the ball so slowly. And that Croatia team was running about all over the place, keeping in shape, trying to keep them out. And they just kept moving the ball so slowly. You had the feeling if they just sped it up, moved the ball a bit quicker, they would have crushed that Croatian side, I think. They're a pretty poor Croatia side. I think they are a poor Croatia side, unfortunately. Because um, I kind of had them as a smoky to go through as top of this group. But yeah. It doesn't, that doesn't look like it's eventuated. They definitely, you know, despite Rebic's output in um, uh, in Serie A this season, or despite, you know, maybe not even his output, maybe just his overall ability, you know that yeah, he yeah. is capable of stepping I, up in a big moment. I think they got it wrong. He, doesn't look, the, he doesn't look the guy. See, that's funny because I, I think England got it wrong, even though they won. No, like, I, yeah, well, I think they both probably got it wrong, but uh, England yeah. were good enough to get away with it. Um the reason I think Croatia got it wrong is because Rebic, um, Rebic's strength is obviously his pace, and I guess they thought that was going to be their key to counter-attack like that. But I think you would have much preferred having Rebic uh, on the wing attacking Walker or something like that um, because what it did is it meant they played their most informed striker and the guy who scored the most goals in their squad this season in Germany, Andre Kramaric from Hoffenheim. He played on the right wing. Yeah, um, was largely was, ineffectual and came off. Yeah, well, because he's a striker. Like, he can play on the wing. He has done. But, you know, just uh, I didn't really understand that one. And then Rebic, who has mostly played on the left wing for Milan, played as a striker. So I think Croatia might have got that wrong. It's not the only thing Cro- the Croatian coach got wrong because he was also wearing a suit with, like, white sneakers. So <laughs> I that. did notice that as well. Yeah, there was a good chart. I was at the um, I was at Sky City watching it at the the district bar there, um, and yeah, there was that chant went up. Yeah, <laughs> that is fucking shoes. Ah, oh, classic. <laughs> but that's how boring the game was. That was what we were yeah. honing in on. Yeah, I think. Uh, um, yeah, that's probably enough on that. We'll talk about it more to come because obviously every England game gets the most media attention here. Um, True. Other, the next other, one's going to be good against Scotland. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The other game in this group uh, was Scotland losing to Czech Republic. What an interesting, what a weird game. What a fascinating uh, battle that was where Czech, Repu- Czech Republic won 2-0, but did, were they deserving 2-0 winners? Scotland maybe should have got something out of it. I thought Scotland yeah. beat them. And, it, and when you look at XG as well, Scotland yeah. absolutely dominated them. But I guess that's virtue of... Scoring a goal within your own half. That's yes. going to fuck up the XG, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. They're certainly missing a striker to Scotland, I think. So um, that wouldn't help. Are they missing, are they missing some someone changes. through injury? Are they missing someone through injury or are they just missing a striker? No, they're just missing, missing a striker generally. Um, you know, the ones they've got uh, that aren't there, like players like Lee Griffiths, who didn't feature much for Celtic, um, you know, they're starting like with Lyndon Dykes up there, who was playing for like, who's he playing for? Like Dundee or something? Or 
No I idea. can't remember. Someone, <laughs> someone shit in Scotland, but um, yeah, Is I didn't think that Australia was trying to poach. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think um, Czech Republic are getting a pretty big rap from football media at the moment for this performance and winning 2-0 and they're talking about how good Patrick Schick is but like yeah he had a good game but let's not overstate it um I know Croatia looked poor against England but I still think Croatia are good enough to beat those other two sides so I would I don't have any worries about that you've got to remember Czech Republic they beat Scotland like you know barely with a halfway goal yeah, I think they're the weakest team in this competition, Scotland. They're, and I say that, you know, with obviously Liam Cooper being the centre-back for, That's very rough. for this team. I don't... <laughs> having, having just said you thought they beat Czech Republic too. Yeah, but they beat them, but they can't score. No. So by that, by I don't that know. factor, They've... I think they are the weakest team. They have, uh, they have managed to score goals in the lead-up to this. Um, they put two past the Netherlands, but, you know, friendlies, you don't take too much out of it. But yeah, this, and also the Netherlands aren't that much anyway. No, this Saturday will be the big one, uh, Scotland versus England. That'll be a, that'll be great for um, you know just the the football community in Adelaide, especially uh, you know <laughs> big mix of English and Scottish, uh, you know. So it's going to be good. It's going to be it exciting. Be, it should, yep, it should be hand handshakes and respectful conversation. I imagine. <laughs> well, we're heading down to uh, the local soccer club's opening. Uh, so I'm going to stay at home for this one. You're going to stay home. I might uh might take the I'm mics down and uh, might take the mics down and set up and catch some uh, live noise. That that would be great. I managed see to get what, a drink thrown at me. At, I managed to get my a drink thrown at me at the England Croatia games. I am definitely not showing up to these. <laughs> You're just an English hooligan, aren't you? Yeah. English hooligan. Um, oh god. Other games. I don't know if you want to touch on it at all, but Austria beating Macedonia and Netherlands beating Ukraine. Uh, not a whole lot there to take apart. We did look at that and say it was a pretty weak group. Netherlands got let off the hook, really. They were 2 0 up and they let did. Ukraine. They let Ukraine back in the game, and then Dumfries scored a winner. Who he should have had a few goals throughout the game, but it was it was shocking. Um, I don't know if you. I don't know if you have any notes on any of those two games. Uh, just I did have uh, Ukraine to go through as top of this group. And I, I thought it lined up really well for them to do what they were about to do against the Netherlands. And it's, it's unfortunate the way that it ended. I think a draw was probably fair. Yeah. Uh, but with this, Netherlands definitely the ascendancy now. They should definitely qualify. Yeah. Um, that was a big result for them. And so for them to come back after letting it slip as well, maybe that shows good signs for the squad. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, that's it for that. Oh, and also, yeah. sorry, I was just going to say North Macedonia, they were super unlucky against Austria. I did. I watched a lot of that game, and for yeah. them to let it slip right at the end, that felt like a draw was also deserved in that. But Unlucky, but also goes, bad. They were they but were poor with the goals they conceded. Definitely, they, and they scored their goal through a horrendous Austrian mistake, <laughs> and Goran Panda pounced. Um, onto Group E, Poland losing to Slovakia was a bit of a surprise, but you know um, the, the biggest one so far, definitely. Yeah, um, I don't know if it's just a surprise because we know that Poland has Lewandowski. That may be just the reason why we think that that's a surprise result. I don't know. Maybe they do have a few more players in that squad, but I just 
I didn't take too much out of this. I watched it and it wasn't very, uh, it got very interesting in the second half. But um, yeah, Skrinia popping up with the winner, the Inter Milan defender, fresh off winning the league. So it was a good finish. It was good to see. Um, The red card definitely shifted the momentum of the game. Yeah. I don't think Slovakia win this game without the sending off. Probably not, no. Uh, but, but in saying that, Poland weren't amazing. Like, they, they didn't really show, like, they didn't show anything of a nation that was going to progress any further than the round of no. 16. No. And the, the, red card, the red card in itself from, uh, it was Kushoviak, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, very experienced. He's, I think he's captain Sevilla before it, like, won a Europa League. He was, that's, a, that's pretty poor from him. So, yeah. The other game in that group, of course, is the Spain-Sweden nil draw. The tiki-taka yeah. era is gone. <laughs> Spain's <laughs> dominance is over. It's so annoying because I had Sweden down to be like a really exciting live wire team with all these players that were just bursting at the bit, you know, really flair players. And then they did fucking nothing. Yeah. They didn't do anything. They had 14% possession, Sam. Yeah. 14%. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Not good. Have you ever have you That's, ever seen uh, a game? Have you ever seen a game so lopsided? Maybe maybe Ticket Tucker is still a thing, or Sweden just didn't play. Sweden didn't play. Ticket is not a play. thing. Nah, Spain still somehow looked disjointed with all of the ball, they, which makes no yeah. sense. They make a habit of doing this. Spain, um, they've tried to change a bit under is it Enrique coaching them? I but, believe uh, it they is. Just, yes. You know, and then I don't know if you listened to Football Weekly this week. Uh, Barry was talking about uh you know, their main their main guy is Marata, but you can't trust him to score at a major tournament when he gets into those scoring positions that strikers want to get in. Uh, you can't trust him to do it. So they're not going to go far if that keeps happening. I'm surprised Gerard Moreno. I'm not really surprised, but I think Gerard Moreno will get a start now, the Villarreal striker. Um, Definitely. Because Marata, I think, was probably just picked on the basis that he is still on paper a Juventus player. You reckon? I don't know. I think yeah. the coach, he, he should have picked Moreno from the start. We know we know this of Morata. We know this. Yeah. And we know that... He um, goes missing in these games. And we know that on form, Moreno has been banging him in in Spain this year. Yeah. So, yeah, ridiculous. Has- I mean, given the chances Morata fucking spurned as well, ridiculous. Yep. It made me mad watching it. Because I was like, why is this guy on the pitch, man? Yep. Definitely. But that was, I think, of all the games, that was the worst game I've watched so far. Yeah. Um, definitely not good. Um, on to probably one of the best games I've watched so far. Uh, Hungary versus Portugal last night. That was yes. an absolute belter. A completely packed stadium in Budapest. How and, good was uh, that? Oh, man. It was packked and they were pumping. They were making they some were noise. It was amazing. Yep. And they were those two sides because... At the last Euros, I think they played out a three or draw, those two sides. Um, and that was this was just feisty from the start. Um, Hungary were pretty physical, going in hard, rough. Portugal, Portugal were pretty wimpy, if I'm honest. They were shying away a lot. Um, <laughs> Went up for the fight. Yeah, they looked, I don't know, they were just doing that thing where someone goes in hard on them and they, they cop like a stray hand to the shoulder or something and they go down like it's killed them, like just... Fucking get up and get on with it. Play the game. Just play the hurry fucking up, game, man. Hurry up and beat these guys. Because 
Yeah. In the second half, when they started to get more desperate and started just concentrating on playing, they weren't going to the floor anymore. They were getting up quick. They were moving the ball quick and they got three goals. It's remarkable, isn't it? You, you actually try and score goals and bang, hey, yep. goals come. Not without the drama of Hungary scoring a goal of their own, being disallowed for offside as well. It was clear offside, yeah. but uh, yeah, know, it's just I, I kind of wish that... the line and liner would just put the flag up before it went in the net and saved us. It, yeah, yeah, because it deflates them. That's yeah. what it did. It really sucked the air out of them for that last yeah. ten minutes, and they got wristled from that moment onwards. Yeah, yeah, not good. Um, really unfortunate. You, I think you messaged me and said about the dead play, and it's just it, it's a it's a huge factor of the game that no one is talking about. And we yep. really need to address it because it negatively affects a lot of aspects of it. Yeah, for sure. Um, it was, and when you look at the replay, like it's so clearly offside as well. Like, yeah, I know the the linesman's just doing what he's been told to do, but um, you mm-hmm. know, it's, it was that blatantly offside that he, you know, it should have just gone up. If it goes up, then he stops. Then they don't score, and we have the stadium just absolutely exploded. I exploded. I was lying. <laughs> I was lying on the lounge watching it and I just like jumped up like, oh my God, like this is like absolute scenes, amazing. Because as the game went on, the more and more I wanted Hungary to beat them. Um, of course, they're still in it. Yeah, but uh, there you go. So Hungary put up a good fight. So if they play all their games at home, I'm not sure if they do or not, but uh, yeah, that'd be interesting. But Portugal, what did you make but, of them? Um, <laughs> very reliant upon one or two members of the squad and... Uh, it remains to be seen how they go beyond this. I think yep. what I think is Hungary, I think Hungary surprised them in a way. And I think uh, Hungary gave them a sort of challenge that they're not going to get from the other two games. Hungary gave them a really emotional challenge, a really a game where they were just fighting on physical will. The yep. other games, they should be more football-based games. And I think Portugal should probably win them. You think they'll beat France and beat Germany? They'll beat Germany for sure. I think they'll I think beat France Germany. Yeah, I think France is an interesting one. I reckon they've got the players individually that can beat them in contests, which should allow yep. them to uh, should allow them the chance to score. The and worry, the worry saw, will be uh, Jose Font and Pepe up against the speed of Mbappe and uh, Co. That comes down to how they set up. I think yep. if they sit exceptionally deep, they really need to be organised. Sit deep, give France yep. the ball, and make make them do the work. Yeah, uh, I think you could see a really interesting game. It'll be a really good game. For no sure. What. Um, just yeah. Final thoughts on Portugal. I just think they uh, there's a lot of talk about them. People are hyping them up. I think they do on paper. Yeah, that squad looks brilliant. Like especially in attack, amazing. We were talking about it tonight with some other guys that it's on paper. It's one of the best, probably the best attack in the world combined. I reckon. But it's uh, whether or not we haven't really seen them gel yet because they've never really played all together in this kind of form, like individual form that they've been in. So it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. Um, did you catch any of France and Germany this morning? I saw the highlights. That was it. And i tell you what, didn't go for very long. No, I, um, I was up <laughs> and I was watching. You're I don't such know if, a legend for, for being up. <laughs> You've seen every game pretty much. Uh, just about. And it's killing me. I'm so tired. <laughs> But it's uh, so worth it. Oh, dude. But I don't yeah, know. This game, it. I didn't even... I actually did miss the goal and I still haven't seen it. I must have just nodded off for like just a second. So I don't know oh, if I... Oh, no. I don't know if I didn't... 
like I looked up and it was like five minutes later and it was one nil and I was like, what the hell? And then I looked up and I thought it was two nil and it wasn't, it was still one. I was getting delirious. Um, but no. <laughs> You've already reached this like, point one week in. Yeah, I did. I don't know if it's just because I was tired that I thought this and was starting to kind of fall asleep that I thought this was a dull game or if it was just a dull game. But also, I don't know if it's just because the game before that was Hungary yeah, and Portugal. And it was the um, it's it's the extra stuff, not so much the football, it's the the packed out stadium and the, the, the scenes, fans. the vibes, yeah, the fans, all that sort of thing. And they just didn't have that in front. I don't know where that it was played in Munich. But yeah, they just didn't have it. No, it was really it was just divorced of everything that's exciting about a European tournament and that's really upsetting to have germany and france play out a game like that because you would expect them to put on a spectacle and that was not a spectacle yep it was almost one nation burdening too much expectation versus another nation that is and it's funny because we we took the piss maybe out of uh hummels and muller coming back and it's quite ironic that hummels scores the own goal in a (laughs) one nil drab game yeah to really i mean to put Germany on the back foot like this, they're, they're, yeah. I said last I said last week they'll finish bottom. They're going to finish bottom, I think. I had them finishing third in the group and maybe going through, but I can honestly see them losing to Portugal as well, which would see them, if they can beat Hungary, that would only be three points. You probably need four to get through, although Portugal did get through with three last time. But I think um, one team will get through with three. One team maybe, will get through with three. Uh, it would be the teams that don't, lose by much so the one nil loss yeah not the worst it's good for them yeah true for france i guess it's just that's three points straight out the way to start tough game to start doesn't matter it's done doesn't matter um they should beat hungary and that's them through yes i don't know i don't know if they play hungary next but yeah they'll you know when they play them france realized they're in the toughest group so it's just about getting the points absolutely just get through which they will um the only other thing I took out of that game is it still gets me every time I see it, but uh, seeing Mbappe run with the ball and then watching him kick it past a defender and you're like, oh, it's going to the goalkeeper. And like, oh no, Mbappe's getting there somehow. It's going to get it. The pace is absolutely ridiculous. It's terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. How, how does he do it? He actually, but he does yeah. it in a way that controls the ball. Yeah, it's incredible. Uh, ridiculous. It's almost cheating to be that fast. Shouldn't be allowed. It is a cheat code. Should Someone has. I mean, he's getting drug tested every day, right? Because that's not that's not human. Nah, no. Nah. Um, I don't know if you've got anything else. You want to talk? You want to talk about something with the Euros? You had a note there, didn't you? I've got a few Euros. Just like little tidbits. Yeah, uh, we mentioned last Hit week us. who was going to play. Who was going to play centre back for France? It looks like it's going to be Varane. And Kimpembe. Yep. Um, but it doesn't matter who the fuck is going to play there. You could play two smash quiches and Angola yep. Kante is still going to protect them because yep. like, you Kante. and I could play centre back for France. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and for some reason, Paul Pogba decides he's a footballer when he plays for France. And, you know, all of a sudden you've yep. got the best midfield the world maybe has ever seen. Yep. These two guys are the most immeasurable talents in midfield and when you combine them they're just the per- they've got perfect harmony yeah i there think is, i would love to see them in club football side by side 
given uh, what goes on at Man United with him, I think we all forget just how fucking good Paul Pogba is. He is a freak. Phenomenal. We just don't get to see it enough. He doesn't do it enough for some reason. I don't know. He probably needs to leave the Premier League. But um, I think that, yeah. yeah, I think that's it. Seeing him in the same midfield as Kante. And then uh, who was the third one that played in there? Uh, I can't even recall at this point. But um, oh, I was it doesn't so matter. Worried about that's the, the point. Defense. That's the point is it doesn't matter because they could just put a quiche in there. <laughs> Two, two they basically quiches. they basically had a smashed quiche at centre back anyway in Kimpembe. He's he's junk. I'm it sorry, he's junk. Rabio, you think yeah, it is? Yeah, interesting that Rabio does get that selection. He came off for Tolisso, um, yeah. so maybe that's the they're probably just going to alternate between the two. Tolis- which is, Tolisso, I think said. Tolisso and Rabio were probably both our picks. They um they're both kind yeah. of neither are quite good enough to hold starting spot week in week out at their clubs but they're still exactly, very yeah. still very prominent members of their squads so yeah um to alternate those two between Pogba and Kante is going to be effective oh yeah absolutely um what are your other tidbits you got you got others oh it's yeah like- I do sorry yeah I got so caught up in that Pogba Kante thing I would <laughs> just love to see them play in the same club team yeah I think you would be it unbeatable would, that's, it would be that's amazing the cheat code yeah uh, the other, <laughs> actually, I've got a couple of things here. Did you see the the Ronaldo press conference? I didn't. Oh, is this the one with the Coke bottles? This is the one where he removed the two Coke bottles and, and said, drink shouted water? out, "Agua, yeah, drink water." <laughs> um, <laughs> which, in and of itself, is a really cute political statement. Nice, I like that. Yep. But did you see the, the aftermath? Coke had $5.2 billion wiped off their share market value. How? As a result of Renato doing that. How, though? Why does that happen? I think it's all, I don't know. It's all like speculative investorship. And so, like, people will hedge their money on Coke being a major sponsor of this huge tournament. But this act in and of itself reduces Coke's value. So they lose all this money. It's, but just, just, it sounds like the impact of, yeah, go on. Yeah, no, nah, it just sounds like stuff that's for too many dickheads with too much money. It's it's definitely hedge funds wankers. Um, but the the power of Cristiano Ronaldo to yeah, just wipe unreal. billions of dollars off of the value of a company we, uh, is insane. I had this conversation with someone else that he's, you know, do you think he's maybe he's a little unhinged? And that's why uh, he's and that's why he's such a freak still. Because he is so strict on his his diet and his training regime and stuff like that, to the point where he's like offended by the mere sight of Coke bottles. Like it's crazy. There was a good there was a good minute of the press conference where he wasn't listening to questions. He was seriously just staring at the Coke bottles, thinking, <laughs> This isn't right. I know I think he's moral. I just think he's a really moral individual. I'm a big Other fan of the guy, him. yeah. Obviously he oh, sucks. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. There were rape charges that so we should probably take into consideration with this as well. Or well, accusations. There was no charges, but there was yeah. definitely sexual assault accusations. Maybe he's not as moral as, we think, as we're making him out to be, but this is a really good moment. Yeah. Um, I know you also, you also wanted to talk about the, well, what, what are our thoughts on the, uh, the split city hosting kind of thing? I don't like it. I think it's yeah, it's weird. I'm, it's kind of jarring. I'm a bit of the same. 
I think uh, I do think it does impact the fairness of the competition in a way. Um, you know what I mean? Like I know, I know that if a country hosts it, obviously they get to play all their games at home, but it doesn't. It doesn't have too big an impact because everyone kind of travels there. Obviously, they can't because of COVID, but everyone would travel to that country. And so in the stadium itself, the fan numbers are pretty split anyway. Um, But with this situation at the moment, obviously, there were a lot of Portugal fans there last night in Hungary. But, you know, it was a packed that like the stadium being in Budapest definitely played its part in Hungary putting up the fight they did. And I think Definitely. it's the same in other games. So like, it's going to be the same. It's the same right now with this Russia yeah. game. It's like the only reason. <laughs> I think I think Russia play all three of their games in St. Petersburg. Uh, in St. Petersburg, as do yeah. the Netherlands in Amsterdam, as do England at Wembley, and Italy do in Rome. There's probably some other ones as well. But yeah. Um yeah. For me, it just it takes away from what uh, international football tournament is. And it's a coalescing of cultures, groups, communities, all coming into the same singular place to execute this, you know, incredible that the whole idea of being able to stage a thing like a tournament like this is so far beyond the realm of possibility 70 years ago. Yeah. Like this whole thing is just such a marvelous feat of human cooperation. And yep. when they split it up like this, it sort of it takes away the glamour and the allure yeah. of it for me. But I totally um, understand why we have to because we're in COVID. Like I get it. I think well, but they, but that's the thing though. It was already planned. That was already planned before COVID anyway. Oh, is this just being played out exactly? Yeah, how it's no. Supposed to be? Oh, not exactly how some things have been moved, but it was originally planned to be hosted by like ten different cities across Europe. That was COVID the original is plan. My brain. It's so, just, it's all coming back to me now. Yeah. And as we're recording, Russia have just scored on the stroke of half time. Bang. I'm going to wait three minutes <laughs> and see if it's rubbed out for any innocuous make it, reason. Make it six just in case. But yeah, I make think it like, six. yeah, six yeah it was originally, pounds. it was originally planned this way because I think it's like, I can't remember what the significance of it was. It was some sort of centenary uh, or some sort of celebratory anniversary date. The was it 50 years of the EU or something? I, I have no idea. 71 sounds about right. Anyway. I'd, be ma- I'd be making it up, but it was for 20. Yeah. So, And then obviously with the delay, it actually kind of, um, I guess because of COVID, this setup actually does make more sense now than it did before. Yeah, true. Yeah. So That's a, that's a really tidy Russian goal. That's a really tidy Russian goal. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Have you got anything else to add before we uh, wrap it up? I don't know what we've uh, we've gone on a bit. I don't know how long we've gone for. This could That's be massive, right. this one. Uh, oh, the last one, the last one. Rigged or shit, Sam. Three own goals so far in the tournament. That's an exceptional amount of own goals scored, considering uh, how few goals have been scored. Okay, yeah. The, uh, I believe I've only seen one of them, and that was the Italy game, the Demiral one for Turkey. And that was neither rigged nor shit. No. So, <laughs> it just fell in between the Well, it was just region. really good Italian play, got through, and it was Berardi like burning into the box. And he went to hammer it across, and it was either going to hit Demaral and go out, or it was going to miss Demaral. 
or hit Demaral and go in, either or. Yeah. He, didn't really, he didn't really get a choice. And if Demaral wasn't there, Immobile would have tapped it in. So neither rip nor shit. What about the other two? That is, that's a really fair, I think, assumption, uh, really fair. Yeah, I took, uh, the, fun out. I took the fun out of that, didn't I? Yeah, you did because he actually nailed it. Anyway, Chesney, <laughs> that the, the Chesney goal went down as an own goal. Yeah, uh, in in goal for Poland, it's always always tough when you see a goalkeeper attributed with an own goal. But yeah, it probably is an own goal because it it's not going in unless it ricochets back off of him. So yeah, it's that rough, definitely though. can't be definitely can't be rigged. It's not shit probably by any means either. It's unlucky. The only one that was shit, I think, was the Hummels one. So yeah, <laughs> there you go. Which I haven't seen, so I can't comment. Definitely not rigged. Fucking that's like uh, classic, this competition uh, looks. Yeah, yeah, classic. Like back in the day when you used to stay up late to watch the FA Cup final, and like you'd nod off for five minutes and wake up and you'd miss the goal, and there'd be nothing else really for the rest of the game. Goal. That's that's what happened to me this morning. So I don't know if I'll bother staying up tonight. <laughs> we'll see. We'll I would, see. I would question. I would question your your intent tonight. What other games coming up tonight? Any good ones? Uh, it's Group A again. So Turkey play Wales at one thirty. Uh, and Italy, you're waiting. For. Italy versus Switzerland at four thirty. I really wish it was at one thirty because I want to watch this. I'll probably get up and watch it anyway. Um, but yeah, I don't think we need to run through all the fixtures coming up because everyone knows and they'll be all over it. You can hear yeah, us talk dude, shit about it later. Matter. Yeah, it's good because by the time we record this, a few of the groups should be wrapped up. So yeah, beauty. Might wrap it there. Nice. Yeah, cool. not great Euro chat. Thanks for listening. If you listen, tune in again next week. Um, we'll have some. Uh, we'll have uh, an episode in between as well. That'll be coming out about the A League and all the A League finals going on. Australian football chat. Get excited! Yeah, we'll have that. Ciao. Can't wait.